Welcome back, all you beautiful, beautiful ball breakers out there. Ball breakers? Balls. Bell, bell breakers. Bell. Bell. What did we come up with last week? That was bell breakers. Bell breakers. <laughs> all you beautiful <laughs> bell breakers out there. You, you didn't make those t-shirts yet, did you? <laughs> oh, no. No, I, I, not yet. <laughs> That's probably a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back, all you beautiful bell breakers out there. Welcome back to the... Break the Bell podcast, the podcast where we come at you with all the latest and greatest things that are going around in the world, the things that are burning down in the world, all the beautiful stuff. Um, yes. We're also here to promote free speech. We're also here to promote free thought. Um, if you listen to the last few episodes, this is episode four now. It is. Four weeks in, one whole month down we're flying we are flying time it it almost seems like by the time we record it a couple days later we release it yes it's time to record again it's like just yeah i know and it's it, it it both seems to go really fast and it seems to go really slow yes <laughs> yeah we do have uh a couple different people commenting that um, this needs to be more than a weekly podcast. Yes. Yeah. Maybe we could even do it daily. Do you want to start doing this daily? You know what? It, it, I'm good with it. I don't know how the rest of the people out there would feel. <laughs> I would be okay with it. <clears throat> For that to happen, though, we would have to start getting a lot more listeners than what we have right now. Um, all you people that are listening now... Thank you for listening. Um, we need to we need to keep this going, keep this building. Yeah, push uh, us. We don't have any intention of going daily no. anytime soon. No. Uh, so if you're sitting there like, oh my God, I could not handle. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> That's not the intention yet. We, yeah. We'd pretty much have to be doing this full time to make something like that happen. Yeah. And I don't see that in the near future. But if you I do want more content... Yeah. More than once a week. Would love to do that. Start sharing around. Hit that share button. Share it with your friends. Um, share the, the Facebook page with your friends and get us out there. Um, if you know people that listen to podcasts or just um, people that maybe you think need to know more of what's going on in the world instead of just hiding in their cave, share this around. Um, then maybe we can uh, get more content out to you, mm -hmm. have more time and... Um, Push more stuff out to you. Yeah, be a bell breaker pusher. There you go, bell breaker pusher. Have us out there on the corners, you know, and just push us on <laughs> unsuspecting people. Exactly. <laughs> uh, we had a couple things we want to talk about before we get into the show. Bill, you had a couple things to bring yes. up. So it's funny, since we've been doing this, um, you know, and we listen to ourselves talk, I've uh, realized we need to start a drinking game. A drinking game. Yes. Don't we already drink plenty on this? We well, yes. I drink cores, and I believe you drink white claw. I but um, <laughs> I uh, <laughs> my can's not even white. I know, I Your know. can is white. Why, why it got to be white? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've noticed when I talk, I will say you know a lot. So I'm throwing this out there as you're listening. You have a drink in hand. Every time I say you know, take a drink. Craig sometimes will say um. A lot of times they say well, I know. I was being kind. Okay. <laughs> when he does that, take a drink. And uh, we would do it during the show, but we want to be coherent at the end. And You so, will uh, not be coherent <laughs> no. at the end if you... But I, I, I do like yes. like the idea. Yeah. So maybe after we, we film, we can watch it. And then it is Saturday night. We don't have to go to work tomorrow. Uh, exactly. Just, That's true. That's yeah. true. 
We'll throw them back when we're listening to them later. Yes, um, but speaking of White Claw, I wanted to clear it up. Sure. Apparently, apparently I it was... I feel like you're really getting defensive about this. Well, it, it is a little bit, but I was mistaken. Um, it wasn't me that they were concerned mm-hmm. about. They thought because I was with you... Why? That you would push White Claw Why would me. I? Why me? I don't know. That, that, what was the reasoning? Well, they thought because you had a, a, a beard and a pipe um, that you drank White Claw. So, to address that, and I've been working on this because you brought this to my attention a couple of days ago. This is what, all week long you've been thinking about this. Yes. <laughs> to address that, I do smoke a pipe. I do have a beard. Yes. I am what some friends, at least one in particular, gives me shit for being a hipster. Do you remember the term hipster? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. It's... The term hipster came out. Long before white claws were a thing. That's true. So in true white cl- or white claw, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. in true hipster fashion, <laughs> I primarily drink IPAs because craft beer is what hipsters drink. Gotcha. I actually, that same friend used to give me shit because I smoked a pipe and called me a hipster and I fought against it forever. And then once we released the announcement that we're going to start a podcast, I get a text the next day saying, you're doing a podcast. You're definitely a hipster now. I was like, shit. Uh, at least so. you don't have a man bun. <laughs> I'm, I'm hiding it under my hat. I do. I am wearing the hipster glasses today. That's true. You are. So yes. uh, we'll just go with that. So that you'll never see me with a white claw. So you can tell this person <laughs> that they're wrong. I, I will share that with them. Yes. And they sit on a throne of lies. <laughs> so <laughs> let's get into this. Um, you had a challenge to get into our social medias and 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 because i said i was gonna keep making you do this yeah. every yeah. week until right. you figure it out so tell them where they can find us and where can they can share us around right. Bill. so um uh, on facebook at uh, break the bell <laughs> stop reading that that's for them to read not for Sorry. you to read all right <laughs> on uh Podbeam at uh, break the bell podcast yeah you can search for us at break bell podcast yes twitter uh, yes, and we're also on Twitter. Uh, look for us at Break the Bell Podcast. <laughs> Break the Bell Pod. Break the Bell Pod. Break the Bell Pod. It is right in front of you. <laughs> I can't see that far. You're at a bad anger. Bangle. <laughs> and Instagram at Break the Bell Pod. Yes. And yes. Facebook.com slash Break the Bell. Yes. Uh, Twitter at Break the Bell Pod. And Instagram at Break the Bell Pod. Share us around like us. And we're on YouTube. We're and on we're YouTube. on YouTube. This yes. The video primarily will pop up on YouTube or you can listen to us on any um, podcasting yes. platform. That And like I said last week, if you can't find us on your platform, uh, hit me up with a text or a message and tell me what your platform is. And then I will make sure I get it on there. Otherwise... I think that's all the intro craziness we have because we got a really good so. show coming for you. Yeah, we got a lot to cover. So. Um, we got told last week that I guess we prefaced some stuff that we didn't get into last week, and right, um, yeah. some people were were kind of looking forward to that. So we're gonna pick kind of back up where we left off last yeah, week. Yeah, and we got we got a buttload, so we're gonna be throwing it at you. So on that note, we are gonna kick this intro and get right into it. What did you say? You talking to me? What what the heck are you talking about? What did you say? What did you say? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you saying? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Well, maybe he was talking to me. What did you 
talk to me. What in heaven's name are you talking about? Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, baby. Uh, uh, did you just say? What did you say? You listen to me. Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What the hell are you talking about? Who are you talking to? We said it, Black Lives Matter. What you believe they really never. back we are back from that intro listening to have you heard the song before bill do you I know who not. this is no who is this this is a band called uh, body count oh i've heard of body count body count is um ice tea's band yeah yeah i did not know ice tea had what wikipedia apparently considers a heavy metal band yes yeah i knew that heavy metal band this i mean this is more like rap core than heavy metal yeah, yeah. But let's get rid of that before we get completely kicked off of YouTube. For... I used to have some of his... Uh, really? Yeah, some of his CDs and tapes. So you were a big Ice-T fan, it sounds like. I uh, had Ice-T, a little Scarface and the Ghetto Boys, right. um, Ice Cube. Well, this is a new song, I'm assuming, called No Lives Matter in response to the whole Black Lives Matter movement. Interesting. So check it out. It was really interesting, um, the lyrics to it. I like I said, can't play the whole video here. Right. Otherwise, we are going to uh, really get kicked off YouTube if we don't already. I'll have to check it out because I thought he played a really good cop on CSI. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or not yeah. CSI. See, what was it? Law and Order? Uh, yeah, I think. Um, uh, SVU. SVU. Law and Order. SVU. You, yeah. yeah, that's um, primarily because I'm a, a later um, child than you are. So primarily yeah. I knew Ice-T from Law and Order oh, okay. then gotcha. as an actual musician. So it's really... Interesting seeing him rap, let alone being a oh yeah, yeah. heavy metal band. Yeah. Um. So let's get right into it. Um. Yes. Again, I played that video because um the whole Black Lives Matter movement is still in full swing. Um. Mm -hmm. We got all this uh writing and stuff still going on. It's not really in the news as much, but yeah, there's still stuff still going there. on. It's still it's it's kind of migrated from burning shit down to like being more directed towards like the symbolic stuff like right. the statues and stuff like that yeah. we still have seattle's autonomous zone yeah it's the only on. successful one because they tried to put a one up in uh beverly hills and really? it got tore down yeah oh and they tried to do one up in uh in portland and that got torn down in really and yeah <laughs> the leftist states over there yeah they, right, they, right after right after the um the mayor said that uh this was a peaceful group, and then they, they tried to put this autonomous zone in his place, and he had it torn down. So really? Those like, mayors did? Yeah. Um, he just slapped it out and said, fuck that. Nope. nope not nope, not nope, here. Not my, That shit happens in Seattle, but not in Portland. Right. <laughs> um, so what's going on in Seattle right now? Well, it's interesting zone? because um, a couple days ago, uh, the city of Seattle actually signed an agreement with the uh, the CHOP uh, leaders, leadership, mm -hmm. to shrink the protest by half. And then they were going to install permanent concrete borders so that they could remain a, a permanent fixture of Seattle. Here's the article from Daily Wire that kind of, we're just kind of breezing through. We got a lot yeah. of stuff to cover, so we're not going to read through the article. Right. But you can find this at the Daily Wire. Um, 
So yeah, keep going. Okay, so the so they they came to this agreement, they signed it, and they built these permanent borders. And then um, within a couple hours, uh, the chop group said, "Psych!" and they pushed their borders back to where they wanted to be, um, which was the full six blocks. And um, so you said they were putting up permanent. They put up permanent concrete uh, borders. Really? For the group, yes, yes. The city did this. The city did this. So and without the without the police being involved whatsoever, they had the city engineers go pour concrete borders so that this could remain a permanent fixture. And, and what does the the rest of the city say about that? Because I know um, they were having issues with business owners around that area. Yeah, yeah. There there's a guy uh, just right next door who. Um, called 911 like six times because they've been breaking into his store and trying to set it on fire and stuff. Right. So, and this, and also with these six blocks, they are blocking like a major transportation thoroughfare through the city. So, um, people are not happy. No. And I had read that, that, that owner that you were talking about, um, the police chief said that they kind of had an eye on it from a distance, but they didn't see, a, <laughs> yeah. they didn't see a need to intervene. It's like, Oh, so when's the need to intervene then? Right. Yeah, exactly. When You know, you got robberies going on, fires going on. I mean, one of part of me wonders, like, are they trying to draw the police in? You know, are they trying to bring some kind of conflict in? Probably just so, they, so can, they can disrupt some more. Right, because, and have more of a reason. I mean, you can only disrupt so much in an autonomous zone that you've right. created for yourself where the people that you're against um, aren't there anymore. So... Once, once there's no longer that conflict, it should ideally start to turn more peaceful, which kind of would go against their disrupt and um, cause a commotion thing. Right. So, yeah, it would make sense that they would want to draw in police and, and cause more conflict so they get more airtime, they get more TV time, yeah. so they can get their voices heard more. Because right. at the moment, they're not going to well, be getting their voices heard no, if it's peaceful. The, the, right. They want to stay relevant and in the news. And that's the only reason why how this is going to reach any kind of um, fulfillment of their plans is if mm. they continue to disrupt, continue to be in the news, if they are a peaceful zone and out of the zone, they're like Iowa and nobody cares. Right. <laughs> Lots of people care about Iowa. Sure. And there was a Rolling Stones article you said had a, a little bit different of a take on that. Yeah. So Rolling Stone, uh, they, they just like to portray it as a utopia. You know, all all ages, all races, all genders uh, coming together. Um, a, a sea of love is what it's been quoted as saying. Such a sea of love that somebody, two people were shot and one guy was killed la what, yesterday, the day before. Oh, do tell. Yeah, I mean, I don't have that. There was no real... This morning when I got up, there was no actual... Um, information going out about it yet mm -hmm. but um they just said a person was killed and then another guy was shot and they were injured they didn't give release the race they didn't release their information um so the story is still developing so interest what would be interesting is if a white person shot a black guy there because in my opinion that's going to really turn a lot oh of the black gosh. people there against the white people there when they right. were all originally on the same page a lot of the white people are probably going to get pushed out well, if that's the case. Uh, are they, though? I mean, because, you know, again, you don't hear this reported everywhere, but there was an article that said that uh, they're requiring uh, whites to pay a $10 mm -hmm. uh, tax to um, 
to blacks. Reparations. Right, reparations. Yeah, they they weren't making them, but there was a guy who was speaking that was suggesting that before you leave, um, find a black person and pay them $5 or $10, whatever it was, for reparations. It, you know, it's interesting because I saw a theory on this that um, that the protesters in this group in particular are they're starting to install almost like a cultist-type system mm-hmm. that starts with them doing slow things to show that they're committed, like coming out and saying, um, I'm white and I take responsibility. Right. right. And then it goes from, oh, $10. You got to pay $10. And so it's just going to keep going and going and going until tiers, they're so invested. Kind of like Scientology, that you have the different tiers. The higher exactly. tier you get, the more you got to pay into it. Yes, exactly. That makes sense. And you see that happening. Um, if you see some of the protesters out there, I mean, they are just totally devoted to what is going on. Right. And here's a video. You were talking about how Rolling Stone calls this just like peace and love. Well, here is a video um, of just how peaceful and loving it's, it is around there and how not everybody there has that same mindset or opinion that this is just a peaceful right. protest. So I'm going to switch this over here. And here we go. Down. Yeah. You know, if there is no change, there might be a lot more destroying until there is. Right, it's the voice of the unheard. But I think some destruction and looting kind of sends a message to people. And breaking their <laughs> is justified. In order to... I'm not going to. <laughs> dismantle the same nation that is deemed legitimate, we kind of have to destroy it. We said, you know what, the property. the consumption. Fuck capitalism. White people own slaves, so f- them. All we need is like. If you didn't hear what she just said, that is clearly a white chick saying, "White people, I mean, uh, white people own slaves, so um, fuck them." Maybe she's like albino, or maybe she's Scottish. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I'll I'll I want to play that little bit one more time because that is the most ironic part. Slaves, so. All we need is like the love of one another in the community. She is very, very white. Yeah. I'm going to fast forward a little bit because yeah. this lady here. The lady that speaks, she's one of the leadership and um, she's intense. Yeah, she has a little bit more to say than this just being a peaceful protest. The question was answered when we interviewed Jaden Grayson, one of the leaders of this movement. Every single day that I show up here, I'm not here to peacefully protest. I'm here to disrupt until my demands are met. You cannot rebuild until you break it all the way down. Respond to the demands of the people or prepare to be met with any means necessary. By any means necessary. That's not just a slogan. No. No. No, it's not a slogan. It's not even a warning. I'm letting people know what comes next. A response to violence is not violence itself. Can you get to uh, where she talks about uh, when he asks her what comes next? Yeah. That what we just said? Or after this? No, no, no. Yeah, after that. Okay, so we'll get past this list of demands. Because we talked about the list of demands last week, so we don't really have to get into it. All right, so we're going to get a little more of this. I'm not going to watch the whole video. If you want to find it, it's four and a half minutes long. And it's... Called it's the Daily Wire is called a behind the scenes look into the nation of Chaz. Right. Here we go. Seattle Police Department turns in their badges. We'll have made a move forward. In other words, not defund the police. Abolish. 
abolish the police state. Included in the lengthy manifesto was the demand to abolish the justice system. So did you want to get more of that? Was there something else that she had said? Just when, when he, he specifically asked her, okay, so you dismantle everything. Now what? And the answer she gives. There's really no answer. Well. <laughs> um, I'll try to find it. Sorry. There's just a long video. Okay, right. And try that. Yeah, right here. This is the one. And then what? Again, you're asking a question that cannot be answered. The unraveling that happens to that system is also exactly what will fuel the black minds and the black bodies that will recreate a new world. Should we abolish the prison system? Yes, we should get rid of it as we know it today. Get rid of it? Yes. I don't understand why more journalists are not asking those questions. We run to black people the minute that they're killed, and we have been seeing them be killed for so long that the PTSD from that is unbelievable. You have people still bitching about 9-11. Unbelievable. One act of terror. Do you feel like an American? I am an African brought to America. I'm actually one of the original members of... Ooh. I like this guy too. Sorry, yeah. We're, you're gonna get a little more of this. I didn't. I only planned to see uh, show that woman's response, and um, we'll talk a little bit here, just a second about it. But I want this guy is a former member of the Black Panther Party, the original Black Panther Party in Seattle. Members of the Seattle Black Panther Party. Do you feel like the revolution that you started is on the right track? I think it's taking a turn in the wrong direction, honestly. This police, this precinct here is needed because there are a lot of people that, that need police assistance. Who are they going to call? But you know what? We didn't go around and smash them and, 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 and burn them out and things like that. It just didn't happen. So unlike, I think... Unlike today. Unlike today. Shutting down the streets and calling this some kind of an autonomous zone is a, is a bunch of bullshit. All right. So let's get off of that. You don't have to just subscribe to that if you don't want to, <laughs> even though it said to. to. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you heard them saying, well, he asked, the interviewer asked her, so what happens next? What comes next? Right. And her response was pretty much, I don't have an answer for that. Right. The the What is happening right now, the, what makes the change will fuel our black minds and black bodies to to build something new. So you, you see... Like these white people um, joining together in this movement, but according to this leader of this, it's all a black people thing. The black people will will fuel this and create what is needed after we burn it right. down. It doesn't sound to me that she has any intention of partnering with. Right there, there's no intention of unity. You know, there's no intention of coming together and healing old wounds. This is about tearing the shit down. And rebuilding. She doesn't even entirely. consider herself an American. Right. So yeah, she doesn't. She considers herself an African brought here. So to America, she, she doesn't feel a connection to the other races there at all. From right. what it's sounding. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's just a little bit of video. Um, as the the mayor of Seattle is sitting here saying how peaceful it is, and how Rolling Stone, as we showed, is sitting here saying that it's this peaceful, mm -hmm. loving place. When you have leaders that are saying completely opposite, like, this is not a peaceful protest. She mm -hmm. said, I am 
here to disrupt. I am here to right. break shit and like be hurt. Yeah, you know, and I I think that um her response is being almost overlooked. I feel like the the white people that are there, you know, the white people that are involved in this movement and even the democratic politicians that are or any politician that is trying to use this as some kind of stepping stone and we'll get into this later about minorities and fringe groups being used by politicians. They're not seeing what's going on. Mm-hmm. They think this is business as usual. We'll get Trump out of the office. We'll get in power. We'll still be supported. All is good. That's not what the goal is here. Right. <laughs> fuck yeah. Trump. Fuck Biden. They don't give a shit. And like we said in the last several weeks, this has been going on. You have different people with different agendas mm-hmm. thinking they're coming together, um, using this as a way to say, fuck Trump and get her agenda done right. as a Democrat or, or whatever, what have you. But- the the end game for the actual movement is not the same. Yeah, it's entirely different, and um, I think it's going to bite them in the ass. We had a couple other things going on this week. Um, besides the autonomous zone, we had uh, some Supreme Court decisions come out. Interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting because you you haven't heard a lot from the Supreme Court lately. Uh, they had two landmark decisions. Uh, one regarding the LGBTQ plus. Um, in which their rights are, are um, they're, they have securities now um, in the workplace, like which employment. they should. Yeah, they, they, I don't know why we get to 2020 and we're still able right. to fire people be, based on their yeah. sexuality. And I, why the president's upset with that, I, I don't know. Uh, the second part of that is that the, uh, the Supreme Court has up, upheld the DREAM Act, um, which, you know, if, if you come to, your parents come to this country and they have you, you're a citizen and they get to stay in the country because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, that this is something Trump is for a long time and trying to get thrown out. Then he made, he tried to impose an executive order. He tried to, yeah, they said, you can't do that. And then he came up with the lazy case because it's interesting. Um, Roberts, justice Roberts, who, um, Trump put in there right. came and said, um, you didn't really build a case and you kind of took us for granted. Um, we're not just going to give this to you right. because you, you, you know, installed us. Trump came out and uh, tweeted, I guess I'm not very well liked by the Supreme Court. And then he goes, the, these horrible and politically charged decisions coming out of the Supreme Court are shotgun blasts into the face of the people that are proud to call themselves <laughs> Republicans or conservatives. We need more justices or we will lose our Second Amendment and everything else. Vote Trump 2020. So, I mean, <laughs> does, he does realize he can't just replace the justices and fire them, right? I don't think he knows that. Okay. <laughs> Well, maybe somebody should call him and tell him that. Um, Well, and Roberts responds, we do not have Obama judges or Trump judges, Bush judges or Clinton judges. What we have is an extraordinary group of dedicated judges doing their level best to do equal right to those appearing before them. And this is the Supreme Court doing what they're supposed to, being unbiased. It's not necessarily that they were against DACA. Right. Yeah, it's not personal. Against Trump or against DACA even. It was... You didn't bring a good enough case to prove your point, so we're not going to uphold yeah. it. You you got to do something. You got to do better. Yeah, and in the next couple of weeks, there's a lot of big Supreme Court stuff coming up regarding taxes, uh, abortion, uh, president's power to fire uh, head of an independent agency, <laughs> uh, Affordable Care Act. Um, I mean, there's just there's a lot of stuff coming up on the docket. It'll be interesting to see how they go. Trump also. Uh, Signed some crime bills in. Yeah, he did. Um, several states have been doing their own thing, uh, including Iowa. But President Trump uh, actually signed a bill banning uh, 
majority of chokeholds by police. Um, he also, let's see here, um, signed a bill saying that um, other departments that may deal with um, mental health or drugs would uh, be assigned to deal with um, uh, cases and arrest. Uh, so they they would be given other options than just being arrested. So it's not just like criminal force now. They're like actually right. supposedly trying to implement um, health care and stuff like that instead or mental health care and not just right. yeah, exactly. throwing them in jail. And also um, a – uh, something to keep police um, accountable. If they've uh, lost credentials or been fired from our police forces, they cannot be hired in another police force, which is definitely needed. Mm-hmm. And why is it happening now? I don't know. And also, um, let's see. Oh, the other part of it is that um, the attorney general of a state can now investigate uh, police um, violence, which is huge because it was internalized up until now. Which makes perfect sense to have. Um, an organization where police officers are constantly doing shit and then it's being brushed under the rug by the higher ups, like the police chief and stuff like that. Let's make, let's have an internal investigation of this cover up. That makes sense. No, they, they should be bringing in, um, whoever, who'd you say the, The, Oh, the state attorney, state attorney. yeah. Yeah. Um, or at least like an outside, um, Right, some kind of investigator or something. Yeah. Like, even if it's a civilian, like based, you know, somebody that can sit and just independently look at something without any kind of bias. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you hear the horror stories of this blue shield, you know, that protects the police officers and this brotherhood. And so, um, you know, it's it's good that they're reaching outside that. Right. I mean, they usually have their like separate branch for like internal investigation, but it's still right. part of that same department. I right. mean, they're still like probably buddy buddied with um the people that they're right. investigating yeah yeah so got that stuff going on um still all this shit going on and then also on top of that we had mentioned the protesters had kind of started singling out not just like it doesn't seem that they're just burning things down to burn things down they're like right. systematically um uh, picking out like statues and stuff to tear down mm-hmm. um what did we have the and it's it started with like confederate statues yeah, right. like robert e lee right. statues yeah um was it calhoun um these confederate generals confederate heroes you know tearing down which you know i understand if that's you know um if that's toxic to you right um but now now they've reached over in thomas jefferson george washington george washington which they burned the flag twice because the what first they, time wasn't Yeah, you enough. said <laughs> they, they toppled his statue and burned the flag on yeah, his head? Right, yeah. They draped his head in a, an American flag and set it on fire twice. Twice. The twice. same flag or a different flag? It was the same flag. Wow. They didn't get it right the first time? I or? guess not. Then also, the one that shocked me the most was Francis Scott Key's yeah. uh, statue. Yeah. The, yeah. That's the author of The Star-Spangled Banner. Yes, yeah. And then even um, uh, USS Grant. The mm-hmm. foreign president and union general who got Lee's um, signatures, or, you know, for a treaty. And yep, who um, who basically won the war against slavery and confederacy. And yes. Confederacy, and so it's not even just hey, these statues offend me because they represent slavery. These statues offend me because they represent the confederacy. Now it's just yeah, anything in general. Now, now it's just burn down the system. Right. I, I really think, like that lady was saying, we need to tear it down so we can build up something. It's like new. 
anything that represents America, like George Washington. Yes, he had slaves. Yeah. And Jefferson or yeah, and Jefferson had slaves, but I don't think that's why they're doing it. I think it's no. anything that represents America. Yeah. That's why they're burning the flag. Right. Francis Scott Key, I that guy wasn't even around during slavery, was it? You know, I don't no, know. No, that was the War of eighteen twelve. So, right, yeah. so, so slavery would still have been around. But um But Jefferson, I mean, has long been rumored to have lots of descendants, you know, that he actually had many children with his one of his slave Right. Um, and then George Washington, his best friend and right hand man, you know, was one of his slaves. And when he died, he gave him his freedom. That's like saying I have a black friend, so I'm not racist. <laughs> yes. But... That's George Washington's way of saying that. <laughs> yes. But again, I don't I don't think it was the whole slavery background that they had. It just no. seems now to just be like, fuck America, pretty much. Exactly. Again, it's it's tear down. Well, you saw the graffiti at the Tomb of the Ono Soldier, you mm-hmm. know, that said he committed genocide. You know, yeah. and, and this was like during the Revolutionary War was the original yeah. Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. So yeah. what what facts do you have that he committed genocide yeah. during the Revolutionary War? Yeah. And again, it, it's coming to the, they just want to tear down any reminder of who this country is, mm-hmm. what it is, so that they can build something new. Right. And we also have not just statues. We have... Uh, Movies being taken off of yeah, right. like streaming, um, then also brands are <laughs> rebranding yes, because yes. of stuff like uh, Gone with the Wind was a big one yeah. that got pulled from HBO's streaming service because, I mean, yes, uh, this was what, written in 27 or somewhere back then? Yeah, yeah, it was in the 20s. But... Uh, and it did um, kind of miss or mi- make like mythology of like the 1800 south like the confederacy and made right. it look like the slaves were having a good time and stuff like that yeah but i mean it's it is the highest grossing movie of all time mm-hmm. period and uh the woman who portrays the black slave she's an actress not mm-hmm. an actual slave was the first african-american to ever win an oscar right ever. so it seems to me that they're while they're pulling down these things that they think symbolize racism and stuff like that they're also tearing down these great achievements for african-americans because i mean yes another african-american would have come along and won an oscar eventually right but it's just like well this was a milestone for their culture and in the 20s you know and yeah before jim crow laws were even implemented yet there was still a so much racism yeah but she still was able to come out and win an Oscar. They didn't even have to. They could have just been like, um, "Well, we don't, we don't give Oscars to right. um, African Americans." Right. Yeah, exactly. You're you're not considered an actress, right? You're you're yeah. just uh, whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah, these milestones. Then we have uh, the brands like Aunt Jemima was the big one, right? Yeah, yeah. Who again was based off of African American woman who was uh, she was a baker or a a, a cook or something and. Yeah. She, she partnered up with Quaker Oats with her recipes and stuff. Yeah, and her 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 whole town and her family are outraged. Yeah, um, just because it's like this was family history, right? You know, this was something that they were proud of, mm-hmm. and now it's being taken away. Right. Well, I I think to correct you on that, the original one was somebody else. The one you're right. talking about yeah, was right. somebody who was played was yeah. like an actress in the commercials. Right. There was like, like the four marketing. different uh Aunt Jemima's, I believe. Yeah, that they represented or they used for like right. drawings and stuff but like that. Even the original one, you know, she did a lot for like poverty mm-hmm. and food kitchens in Chicago. I think her name was Nancy Green. Yes. And 
Um, so again, you're you're erasing that um, legacy there, right? And with, with this tarnish, I guess you could say on or the stereotype. Yeah, you're you're erasing right. a good thing that came out of it, and it, it, it all comes back to this white guilt. You mm-hmm. know, this wow, we we feel so bad that uh, this happened. We want to erase all traces of anything that we did for me to feel good. Right. So I don't feel guilty. And it's like and <laughs> erasing man. history doesn't make it go away. And that's exactly. like the big thing is people are saying that um well you're kind of erasing history with this. Yes, you're you're getting rid of like the the tarnish on um American history, but you're also getting rid of everything else that's connected with mm-hmm. it. Like the legacies or or the milestones that were crossed. You're right. you're erasing all of it. And a nation needs to remember the the defeats and the scars as much as the victories yes because if they don't remember what built the country in the first place then they're going to make the same mistakes Mm -hmm. which is what's so troublesome about that lady on that video saying that she doesn't know what comes next she can't answer that because they have no concept of history no concept of legacy they don't care they want to throw it out the window yeah and then they're going to try to build a whole new nation or whatever based on just what they think is best and Clearly, they don't have a game plan at no. hand, so they don't know how to control bigger bigger country right. issues. So when uh, it is burned down, now we're just left in this black hole, this black pit of mm-hmm. or what happens now. And, and you think nobody else is going to come in and try to fill that black hole? Right. Well, you see it throughout history. Every mm-hmm. time people have done a revolution without having a game plan, then a strong man ends up coming in. It happens all the time in Latin America and Africa. You saw it, Napoleon and the French Revolution. You saw it with Hitler in Germany. Mm-hmm. You saw it with Lenin in Russia. I mean, they come in and they take hold because there's a vacuum of leadership. It's right. the strongest will prevails at this point. And if you're not learning your history, you're going to miss that point and it's going to happen again. Right. And uh, we're going to move on from – we got kind of more a topical – show today uh, because we didn't get to cover some of this last week, but we wanted to hit on some of those main things that are going on in the world. Um, I did want to read a quote kind of in regards to this whole erasing history, and let me know what you think of it. Before we do, uh, I just want to say um, in that last segment, I did really good about not seeing you know. You said it a couple times. Did I? I did. Damn. Well, I wanted to throw one out there so you could get a drink. So (laughs) No, um, they got a couple drinks. All right, all right, all right, all right, go ahead. So I'm going to read this quote, um, and then you just let me know what you think of it first. This was, we'll just get into it. I'm not even going to pull it up. I'm just going to read it. Every record has been destroyed or falsified. Every book rewritten. Every picture has been repainted. Every statue and street building has been renamed. Every date has been altered. And the process is continuing day by day, minute by minute. History has stopped. Nothing else exists except an endless present in which the party is always right. That, I mean, that's talking about now, right? Like the streets being renamed, like Black Lives Matter Avenue or whatever. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Statues being torn down. Um, Nancy Pelosi saying we need to tear down pictures of speakers in the House that mm-hmm. worked with the Confederacy. Right, yeah. even though they're Democratic <laughs> yeah. speakers. Um, now, this is definitely a quote from a author, George Orwell. The book 1984, really good book. Um, it's just crazy the parallels with this book. Uh, and like I said, this sounds like it could almost be talking about now. 
Right. Absolutely. Like the, uh, records being destroyed, books being rewritten, um, history yeah. being rewritten just because we don't we don't want to talk about it. We don't right. want to remember it. We don't want to think about it. Yeah. Let's just put, push that out of our system. So we're going to kind of get into now, and we wanted to talk about this last week. Uh, we want to get into this book, 1984. I ended up listening to it for the most part this mm-hmm. week, and you've read it before. Yeah, I've read it before, and then I just kind of um, kind of pulled up like some excerpts and quotes and kind of looked into the background a little bit. Um, yeah, So I, I and I have a quote that kind of goes with what you yeah, said. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So the past is uh, whatever the records and the memories agree upon. And since the party is in full control of all records and in equally full control of the minds of its members, it follows that the past is whatever the party chooses to make it. I like it. I like it. Um, so George Orwell, 1984 is the name of the book. This book is almost like prophetic of what's going on currently or within the last, what, 10, 20 years. Oh, jeez. I'd go back, maybe back in like 50 years. Probably, yeah. Uh, so the book 1984, you think, well, it was, what, what 36 years ago, so it wouldn't be hard. No, the, the book wasn't written in 1984. Right. It was written in 1947. Yes. And then published in 1949, like only one year before George, or not even, like months, I think, before George Orwell died because right. he was starting to like decline. Yeah. Uh, George Orwell... If you don't know anything about him, he is an author. He grew up in uh, India, or he was born in India, and then uh, his mom moved him to Great Britain. And so he grew up, he was born in 1903. During his upbringing would have been during kind of the, it was during World War One, mm-hmm. during the formation of what it became the Soviet Union. So he he saw all this stuff happening with communism, and he wrote several, a couple at least, uh, really famous novels against the Soviet Union and against communism. And his real name is Eric Arthur Blair. Uh, So just a little backstory about him. I I just read a little bit, just so you could know uh, who he was. Like I said, he was kind of raised in Great Britain or in England. Uh, when he was trying to become an author, he wanted to like kind of move around and and get down with people. He's raised middle class, and but he was very against like poverty and stuff like that. Right. And so he actually went down and lived mm-hmm. in like poverty stricken London, and then he moved to like uh, France and lived with poor people there. And he just kind of moved around, jumping around, just to kind of see how they lived. Yeah. As he like wrote his books, he also participated in the Spanish. Uh, Civil War. Mm-hmm. He originally went on the side of the communists. He was trying to get in on that side, but then he saw exactly what they meant or, or how how they were trying to implement communism, and so he actually went to the other side, which was more of a socialist side. Right. And then that side was deemed this was getting to like where. Hitler was starting to come to power, and so that side that wasn't pure communist was deemed like Nazis, and so it was just it's just kind of odd the the dichotomy there. Just if yeah. if you're not full blown communist, you're a Nazi, and right. that doesn't look familiar at all right. around yeah. here. Right. <laughs> yeah, and he you know he looked at um, poverty as a, a sin of capitalism, right? 
and uh, the imperialists of the uh, the, the British. Well, um, it's funny because a lot of Americans, even back when he wrote his first book, was called Animal Farm, and it was mm-hmm. uh, it was against uh, communism. Mm-hmm. It was about the farmers had this farm, and you had animals that could talk and stuff like that. The farmers represented capitalists, and then the animals decided to revolt. And it started with these pigs, and these pigs revolted or caused all the animals mm-hmm. to revolt. Well, then the pigs took over. Right. And by the end of the story, it said that uh, you couldn't recognize the difference between the pigs and the humans because mm-hmm. they had just kind of taken on that same right. monster. And that kind of goes back to what we talked about last week with the circle. It's not far right. left, far right. It's, they're the same thing. Mm-hmm. They meet at the if, top, yeah. Yep. And so, yeah, he— so. Uh, what I was saying was Americans back then used Animal Farm as anti-communist sentiment and like pro-capitalist sentiment. And they right. even made an animated movie about it and they changed I, the I end of it. I saw that movie, yeah. Well, they changed the end of it. Oh, I didn't know they changed it. Because at the end of the book, um, they basically say that you, you can't tell the difference between the pigs and the humans or the capitalism, the capitalists and the communists. Mm-hmm. Like they're all the same. Mm-hmm. But in the movie, at the the cartoon that they made in the fifties, mm-hmm. they changed it so all the animals ended up revolting against the pigs and, uh, and like kind of them. yeah, so overthrew yeah. communism. Well, they, because it was animated, they figured it was a, a children's thing, so they had to make it have a happy ending. Well, and they didn't want to portray communism and capitalism yeah. being one and the same, right? Yeah, and so and they used it as uh, capitalist or American propaganda against right. uh, the Soviet Russia. Union. Yeah, so. Uh, Americans kind of see him as this like anti-communist, pro-capitalist hero, but no, right. he he was really a democratic socialist. That's right. what he pushed for. Yeah, that's irony. And so uh, he hated communism because it tarnished the reputation of socialists. Right. Like everyone said, they're one and the same, which is what we do today. Here right. is we say socialism and communism is all the same, the same thing. thing. Right. And so that is what caused his hatred of communism. Even though he's a socialist, he hated communism. He hated the the tyranny and the totalitarianism of it. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting because 1984 is actually named that because it's the 100th year anniversary of the Fabian Socialist Society, which he was a part of. So that's how in-depth he was in that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was very committed to socialism, very committed to being against po- uh, like poverty and mm-hmm. the class system. And so that was kind of his life. Yeah. Yeah. And what was going on, like I said, this was written in, we said, 47. Mm-hmm. But during his upbringing, you saw a lot of parallels to the rise of the Communist Party and the rise of what Soviet Russia became. Mm-hmm. Um, we have uh, the the Soviet uh, revolutions or the the Russian revolutions you you talked about, they all kind of started right. the same. Yeah. You yeah. started with disenfranchised right. lower class who are against yeah. the monarchy or capitalism or whatever. And, stu- you know, studying all these different revolutions this last week, I, I really want to do this ch- chalkboard, you know, this pegboard with right. the, the thread going from part to part because it, it, it really is interesting how many similarities they all have. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know that, like you said, it it's usually starts with a the the worker class kind of rising up, and that it, that was the communist revolution, the March Revolution. They called mm-hmm. it originally was in March, 
1917, and um, it started with workers protesting. Right. Yeah. And well, and even before that, there was um, um, in 1905 the workers had also risen up, but they didn't actually have cause to or get support from the nobles and the middle class until uh, Nikolai would not pull out of World War One. Yeah, that was the the big thing was. Uh, World War One was kind of draining their economy more, mm-hmm. and it was getting worse than it was before. So yeah, everyone was kind of on board with "we got to get out of this freaking war." Right. And um, he said he, I think he had like kind of said he was going to, but then ended up keeping it going. Yeah. So that's when they're like, you know what, fuck this. Yeah. We got to push the. We got to end this. You know, and it's so ironic that this they had this war going on because Tsar Nikolai was related to um, Kaiser Wilhelm and King George. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so the fact that they of... were all like embroiled in this war together is just like, you know, couldn't you guys like go play football in the backyard or something? I, you know, <laughs> right. I don't know. It just seems ridiculous to me. Yep. And um, two of the three ended up getting ousted within like 30 yeah. or like 20 years of each other. You still have the royal family in Britain, but yeah, I, I I do find that interesting. Uh, during the March uh, Revolution was the first. There was two revolutions in 1917. Uh, during the March one, the Duma, which is kind of like the Parliament of mm-hmm. Russia at the time, and a bunch of times the Tsar would continually like push them out and like say like kind of try to dissolve them and then mm-hmm. bring them back. So he he it wasn't like a democracy like this right. at all. It was definitely more monarchy than democracy, mm-hmm. even though they did have a parliament. Um, so the Duma at the time, during the revolution, said, um, you know, we should we should give them a bunch of bread, like release a bunch of food from the storehouse mm-hmm. and kind of de-escalate the situation. Right. And the czar's response was he's not going to do that and instead decided to um, – Order he ordered the rights be quelled, basically like stop this at at all costs. Does that does that sound like what? anything no. going on? Right Wait, now? Um, yeah, kind of a little bit like our fluffy haired friend, <laughs> our, our orange face. <laughs> yeah. Um. Basically, he said, uh, "Looters will be shot." Right. Or yes. whatever that. Yeah. Whatever that line right. is. When the looting starts, the shooting starts. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what the czar had declared, and that's probably what Trump took it from. Yeah. Right. So uh, a bunch of soldiers, like 25,000 soldiers, decided to mutiny. The um, Duma disobeyed that order and said, no, we're not going to do this. And then the soldiers mutinied, and the Tsar was out of the capital, which was St. Petersburg at the time. Mm -hmm. And he went to come back because he realized the Duma was kind of doing their own thing. They were setting up their own government against him. And so he starts coming back, and they're like, "Nope, wouldn't let him back." And eventually, came he he was killed. Eventually, he was put under house arrest. So his whole family got killed. Yeah, they wiped out everybody. That wasn't till the Afterwards, second revolution. Right. Yeah, after the first one, which is the uprise of the workers, the uprise of the disenfranchised. Again, there was this black hole, like right. we talked about. Yeah, there wasn't. A game plan set up. There was, I think, three different groups that were part of this provisionary government. Right. Yeah, the the Red Army, the White Army, and then uh, was it the? Oh gosh, what was the other one? The uh, third one? Was there, there was a more the like there was. I don't remember. There was like a right, 
there was a right um group, there was a kind of left group, and then there's the Bolsheviks. Right. So there was two branches of this one group, and then there's the Bolsheviks. And so they were kind of always button heads together. Again, yeah. we have three different groups with three different agendas right. that uprise yeah. with their own plan in mind. And for some reason, they can't figure out how to get their shit together. Right. Doesn't look at all like today either. No. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, we've been talking, like I said, a couple of weeks now. We have all these people that are supposedly fighting the same fight, but all mm -hmm. for different reasons. Right. And the main woman here that we showed the video earlier says, well, we don't have a fucking plan. Right. Yeah. So all she knows is it all got to come down. Yeah. What happens after that? Who knows? Probably something similar to this. That at one point, um, the Bolsheviks decide for the, it was the Bolshevik revolution, which was in uh, October, November. Mm-hmm. They just decided, you know what, we're going to do it our way. Right. And there was barely a shot fired that for this revolution. They were just like, nope, you guys are done. We're we're the head honchos. Yeah. And that developed into what we have, right. what we know as this, the Soviet Union. Yeah. Lenin steps into power mm -hmm. and takes over everything. And they they did get out of the war at that point because mm -hmm. that, that was actually what got the people's support with the Bolsheviks is they were the ones that were like, no, we're going to get out of the war. Yep. And that's when people are like, oh, shit, I can get behind that. That sounds good. Let's do that. And so um, everybody else was still wanting to stay in the war. So the Bolsheviks take over. Yes. There are people that disagree with with what they were doing. There's still the pockets of people that were um, not supporting of them. So what do they do? They killed all, all the opposition. Anybody that relatively looked like opposition yeah. they killed him which is also the way they usually go in these things mm -hmm. <laughs> you know yeah um, and an interesting note to that as far as lenin goes lenin uh was shipped out of germany for trying to start a similar type of movement in during germany. their whole Weimar republic when they were you know going through similar things you know they're trying to recover from world war ii you know they have a weak um democratic leadership Mm -hmm. Who, you know, they have to pay reparations out the ass. You know, people are spending, you know, billions of marks on a on a loaf of bread. Right. You know, because they overprinted money. So the cash had completely hyperinflated. And so Lenin tries to start a communist movement. Which we're not printing money and hyperinflating right. our dollar no, right now. Absolutely not. Thank you, Fed. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so he got put on a train and got sent to Russia. And he just picked up there because he's like, hey, this looks familiar. Right. I can work with this. <laughs> and he partnered up with the right people. Yes. He found more of a black hole, I think, than what he probably found in Germany at the time. Right, yeah. I mean, if he would have waited until after World War One, he would have probably been more successful in Germany. Because that's basically how Hitler rose to power right, was yeah. there was the... The black hole yep. in the economy, yep. the Weakness. whole country yeah. was was pretty much flatlined. Yeah. And so this fanatic comes in and brings right. back the economy and yeah. promises this and that and yeah. rises to power. Make Germany great again. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah, did I go there? <laughs> you went there. Um, so, like I said, uh, Lenin was responsible for millions 
of deaths. The Bolshevik oh, Party yeah. was responsible for. You hear of like the six million Jews killed in the Holocaust. You don't usually hear of like yeah. sixty-six million people that were killed during the the Bolshevik Revolution in the years to follow with the rise oh, of so, yeah. uh, the Soviet Union. Yeah, and then Stalin took it to a whole other level. Stalin, yeah, Lenin. Um, like I said, killed all his opposition, and then Stalin, you throw him in there, and he's like a paranoid yeah. psychopath. Oh, yeah, and I mean, there's a whole another story there with the, the famine that went on with Russia that, mm. you know, I mean, you have stories of, of people eating each other because yeah. he completely starved them out because they were not considered important to the state. Right, and so. these were the disenfranchised people that uprose mm-hmm. against the uh, the czar, yeah. And the capitalists, or the monarchy, or whatever it was, mm-hmm. now are being starved out by, right? Yet another their their communist leader that was supposed to be bringing them out of this. Yeah, and which you know we watched that video earlier, um, where they talked about. Is it okay to go into this now, or do we want to continue? Down? No, go ahead. Okay, um, how the political class they get their power from those that are the minorities or those on the fringes of society. And then they fight for the rights for them. They, you know, fight for, you know, I'm going to be your, dang it, I said, you know, they're going to be, I'm going to be your warrior and represent you. But once that person becomes mainstream, they're no longer useful. They need to find another group. Yeah. Once, uh, like, say, for example, right now, the, and this was talking about, it was calling on progressive government. But like we said last week, progressive means, inclusive and stuff this is right. not i mean this is what they, they call themselves the left the progressive but no um it's their own agenda um they start out with a group of people like say like women to start with right all of a sudden they're on the side of women once the women get equal rights and stuff they kind of push them aside right. move on to like the homosexuals and, and you see that now with this big movement you know to support transsexuals Women are coming out saying that they feel like they're being kind of disenfranchised now, and they they don't care. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, why do you why do you hate transsexuals? Right, you know. And so it's uh, become this whole thing. I mean, you see all the the drama with J.K. Rowling, you know, trying to be like, well, you're kind of you're kind of diminishing women now, and they're like, whoa, what's all with all the trans hate? You know? Right. So it it just is it's a continuing cycle, and they're always looking for those people on the fringes. That they can use to get, and it's same on the conservative side. It's the fear of it, you know, like oh well, you know, they're they're gonna let those those gays come in now, you know. So, um, you know, you need to elect me so I can keep you guys safe, you know, right. that they don't tear apart the United States, and you have these two political classes that continue to build their power based on this fear mongering. Yeah, the disenfranchised that will back them mm-hmm. indefinitely. And George Orwell actually talked about these people. They were um, they were called the proles in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you remember much or how long ago you read it. Yeah. But he, a quote from the book says, "Blow that," speak meaning like the the people of the party. Blow that are the proles, numbering perhaps eighty five percent of the population. So the majority of the people. In terms of our earlier classification, the proles are the low. For the slave population of the equatorial lands who pass constantly from conqueror to conqueror are not permanent or necessary part of the structure. Mm-hmm. So the, they're the pawns. They're the right. expendable. The expendable people. The yeah. and these people 
once we get into it, they didn't have to follow all the, the crazy regulations. Right, yeah. Because nobody cared what the proles thought. Right. They just wanted them to be happy and just be there just to kind of do their support bidding. Them. And support them until they were no longer needed and then they got rid of them. Right, yeah. You had, you know, and I drew this nifty little pyramid where you have Big Brother at the pin- at the pinnacle of the mm-hmm. pyramid. You got the inner party, the outer party, and then the proles. You know, and it was the the promise of security, the promise of, you know, having a a healthy, secure life that the proles would sit there and support the their inner party or the the big brother. Like yeah, just like the hope for whatever, the promise of whatever. You you can if if you continue to just support us or be on our side, we'll provide you food or right. the place to stay and the shelter and stuff like that. Place to live. Yep. So so we're going to get back into 1984. There was kind of some background information on like history and how it relates to today, but uh, we do need to take a quick break and um, just let you guys get a drink or whatever. I'm sure by now you've drank all your drinks since Bill has said, you know, at least 12 <laughs> times. Um, there's a numb. There's a numb. Exactly. We we got we got some stuff to get into with 1984 because I I do think it relates to today and it is kind of a a, pro, a prophetic imagery right. of what we're kind of living in today. Yeah. Of, of all the dystopian, uh, you know, futures that books or movies portray, 1984 has withstood the test of time. Mm-hmm. You know, and is the one that they all reference back to at some point. Right. So it's definitely worth covering. Yep. And we're going to get back into that, but we're going to real quick take a break. So we will be right back. Hey, everybody. I just want to take this time to give a big shout out to the very first sponsor of the Break the Bell podcast. That is Goulash Media. They can be found at goulashmedia.net. Uh, Goulash Media specializes in graphic design, web design, audio recordings, video work, wedding videos, uh, music videos, even political campaign videos. Uh, Goulash Media caters to the little guy with the big vision. You can check them out at goulashmedia.net. That's G-O-U-L-A-S-H media.net. And we are back. We're back. Um, got a couple things to do that we forgot to do. First of all, I'm going to show you something real quick because it pertains to what we've been talking about. What do you recommend? What's it to you, meat pusher? Sounds like you might be a vegetarian. You should try Subway's Veggie Delight. You should try reading Orwell's 1984. I have. It's a great book. It really awakened me in high school. I think kids should be forced to read it. Me too. I love community. I do, too. That just seemed to fit so well. <laughs> um, talking about the book 1984 and um, totalitarian states, and they said that they should force kids to read it. So it's kind of ironic. And I I found it funny when you sent it to me, so I thought we, had, we should probably share that. Definitely. Uh, we do have something to cover that we forgot to cover in the intro. We did do a drawing or a another promo for... A 2020 commemorative Coors Light. This one is really cold. It is sweating all over Oof. the place. It probably won't be cold once you get it. But um, 
I had said that if you had made the comment on the last YouTube video that 2020 is bullshit, that you would be put in a drawing for this uh, limited edition 2020 Coors Light with the sunglasses that actually says chill behind it, that instead of mountains turning blue, the word chill turns blue. Wow. So it's we, almost like a prophetic message that we just need to chill. We do need to chill. So I'm going to let you draw out of our official drawing hat that we came up with a couple weeks ago. Yes. Official. So I'll let you be the official drawer. All right. Here we go. Pick a good one. And it says Stab Rabbit. Stab Rabbit. Stab the Rabbit. To be honest, Stab Rabbit is the only one who wanted the commemorative beer because that is the only name in the hat. He's the only I one know. who commented. Um, I'm not sure. I, I feel bad. I probably should know who this is. It's probably somebody I know on Facebook, but I'm not sure who you are. So reach out to me or to Bill and let us know who you are and we'll, we'll get that commemorative Coors Light to you. Uh, you can probably find me on Facebook or just find us in um, the forum or something like that. So moving on. Yes. Got, still got more stuff to cover. Yes, uh, yes. We haven't even broke the cover of 1984 yet. You're correct. Yes. So now we're going to get into that. Uh, we've been talking about George Orwell. We've been talking about the Soviet uprising in the, um, the teens and 20s and stuff like that and comparing it kind of with what's going on today. Now we're going to get into this prophetic message of George Orwell. So a um, little bit of background on the book itself. Just a little bit of like plot summary. So it starts out in a dystopian totalitarian society. It's mm -hmm. not the Soviet Union because nope. it actually takes place in what is now known as Great Britain. But they called it in the book Oce Oceana. Is that what yes. it's called? Yeah, Oceana. And so it's uh, formerly known Great Britain. Um, it had become this totalitarian state. Probably the same means. It doesn't really say in the book how it yeah, it, it, the only thing it says is, um, in a quote, it says, It might be true that the average human being was better off now than they were, had been before the revolution. The only evidence to the contrary was the, uh, the mute project in your bones. The instinctive feeling that the conditions you lived in were intolerable and that some other time they must have been different. So it sounds like there was some kind of revolution. Things were bad. Mm -hmm. There was a revolution, and now they have this. Well, this Big is Brother. only supposedly like 20 years or 30 years or something, and people mm -hmm. like lived prior to that, but right. it's almost like they don't have memory of it because they've been pushed through this system, brainwashed through right. this system. And um, as we read that quote, the – party as they call them the government the big brother mm -hmm. who is the head of this totalitarian state his pictures plastered all over it says big brother's always watching um whoever the party is the t uh, the dictator is um has systematically erased history right yeah they they've made history what they want it to be and therefore they've projected what they want you to remember from that mm -hmm. and so that is that's what they're saying that they they People don't even know if they were better off. They just have this instinctive feeling that things were worse at some time. And right. that's it. Well, one of my favorite quotes from the book is, um, he who controls the past controls the future, mm -hmm. and he who controls the present controls the past. Yes. So whoever's in charge now 
in this case, the party or big brother controls what is spoken about from the past. And they even go as far as they rewrite or erase anything that is against them. Right. People in this country believe that they invented airplanes. They invented um, all this other stuff that was clearly invented long before 1984. Yeah. Um, so they, they've train these people to think, believe the history that they've made for them. Mm -hmm. And uh, they say in the book that reality only exists in your mind. So if they can pretty much brainwash right. you and change your mind, reality is whatever they tell you it is. Yeah. And one of the things I, the message that resonates most with me is that if you can control the language, you control the thought. Mm -hmm. And so, because um, if thought corrupts language, language can corrupt the thought. Right. And so they've been able to dictate the language and therefore been able to dictate the thoughts that our people are having on in their minds. Right. And they come out with in the book, it's called new speak. It's this new mm -hmm. language. They, they get rid of some words it, systematically. It's just little by little. Um, they come out with a new new speak dictionary every so often. Mm -hmm. I think by the time this book was written, supposedly in this uh, novel, they had come out with 11 different editions of new speak and um, in yeah. the beginning, he's talking to one of the guys that kind of is responsible for, like, helping write it, I think. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, just think about it. In 50 years from now, none of the words we're saying now will even exist because right. language yeah. will just keep evolving. So, like you mm -hmm. said, if you evolve language, you evolve people's thoughts. Right. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things Newspeak is, um, you know, it limits language. Um, it makes it says to make speech and especially speech on any subject not ideologic or to make it ideologically neutral as nearly as possibly as consciousness. So it's like, you know, they're they're they pick these words. They they it's like they choose the words they want people to get in their mind to mean what they want it to mean. Mm -hmm. And any thought outside of that realm is considered like damaging to the state. Right. And they do what's called double think. They they make words mean the opposite pretty much of right. what they are. Yes. And so like they confuse you to the point where you think you're thinking something mm -hmm. but you're actually thinking something else. And they have that famous quote. Yeah, the their slogan is uh war is peace, freedom is slavery, and ignorance is strength. Mhm. Mm and that's kind of today's world like yeah. People who are 19 years or younger have not lived in a world yeah. that wasn't that America wasn't in some form of war yeah. since right. 2001. Even before that, I mean, there was a few, a decade or so in there where there wasn't much going on. But mm -hmm. for since World War One, at least, we've kind of been in a constant state of yeah. jumping around. It was communism that we were jumping around the country fighting. Mm -hmm. And then radical Islam. Yeah. You know, which you can't even really say anymore, you know, and that gets you back to, you know, this particular buzzword, which we could probably do a whole segment on political correctness, mm -hmm. you know, which is used to control speech. Right. You know, um, you control the language, you know, political correctness, you know, is how you demonize people. Right. You know, and you can create this entire mobs on digital mobs on the Internet, you know, to attack somebody mm -hmm. if they're not going along with your group think right? or if you say anything against it right. you say anything that they deem offensive now mm -hmm. which wasn't offensive right 10 15 and years ago you even see that with masks you yeah. know if you're not wearing a mask it's like 
you're led to believe that you are on the outside. Yeah, and you're a, you're a monster yep. who wants our grandmas to be to right. die. Yeah, you're selfish. You're hateful. You're closed minded. You don't follow science. You know. Yep. So um, uh, this war is peace thing. Back to that for a second. One thing that reminds me of is um, George Bush. George W. Bush, when he said they hate us because they hate our freedom, right? Basically saying, well, we we have to have this war because they're they want to attack our freedom. So mm-hmm. this whole perpetual war, which is consistently in 1984, they call it the perpetual war. Yeah, where we we're constantly fighting an enemy because that's what kind of keeps the mobs together. Right. Um, in the book, they can't. The the other countries they're fighting is Eurasia and Eastern Asia. So Eurasia would be probably anything between Europe and Asia, um, east of Great Britain, I'm assuming. Yes, that's correct. Eastern Asia would be like China and like the far east parts of Asia. So in the book, they can never remember who they're fighting because it's constantly switching between one, one time they're on... Eurasia side fighting Eastern Asia, and then the next moment they're fighting Eurasia. Mm-hmm. So at one point, the one of the main girls in the book, uh, the guy is a little bit older, and he's like, "Well, if you remember, not even like four years ago, we were fighting the opposite one, not Eurasia. We were fighting Eastern Asia." And she's she couldn't remember that at all. Right. It just like morphed back and forth. And yeah, what about now? Like, where are we in Iraq? Are we in Afghanistan? We're fighting Afghan Iraqis because the Afghanis supposedly blew up right. the twin towers and then Pakistan and then ISIS ISIS and, and yeah, yeah it just, just keeps evolving yeah it, there's i mean if you look back to 2001 there's real no clear lines between mm-hmm. when we went from one to the next right yeah and i as we were talking about the mob mentality it says fear of death mob violence for how could the fear the hatred and the lunatic credibility with the party needed in its members be kept at the right pitch, except by batting down those powerful instincts and using it as a driving force. Yep. And that, I mean, we obviously have a mob mentality today. Oh yeah. Yeah. Obviously have, um, especially with these rights and stuff going on, it's all clearly mob mentality and nobody, nobody's on the same page really with, no. what it is no you have people that think it's a peaceful protest people that think no we're going to burn the system down we have um if you if you want to say antifa that who knows what they want they have right. their list of demands um black lives matter people have their list of demand but it's all well and and you know you think of now you know what the you know the the party line is or what the you know the group think is it's like you have to say Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. You can't say All Lives Matter. No, because if you do that, you're not getting the point. You're ignorant, right. right? And also, it's you know now if you talk about Antifa, it's like you're you're just going with the boogeyman that Trump created. You mm-hmm. know, Antifa doesn't do anything except for fight fascism. How can you be against that? Right? You know, who wants to fight fascism? Yeah, or who, doesn't want to yeah, fight fascism? I mean, and. I have a couple clips for our, our segment later in regards to that. But yeah, it's just like, well, obviously these people are just against fascism, so right. you're an idiot if yeah. you think otherwise. Right. Oh, then you must like Nazis then. Yes, obviously we all like Nazis yeah. here. So it, yeah, it's it's amazing to me how quickly 
arguments evolve, you know, to to quickly bash down anybody who might have a dissenting opinion. Mm-hmm. And of course it's by design, right? You know, they don't want someone to, you know, they they want to beat you to submission mm-hmm. so that you feel like you can't have a political argument because if you do, then you know, you might step out. So you're supposed to just you know, you're wrong if you have a bad thought even. So then mm-hmm. you change the way you think because you think, well, if I think this way, I must be bad. Right. And so I don't want to get involved in the politics of it. So I'll just let the whoever the loudest voice have the argument and I'm just going to watch TV. Right. You know. And then also not just like we talked about the group think, the group speak and stuff like that. But they also kept very good track of things you said. Yeah. And the thing, even like down to like your facial expression and stuff like that. In the book, they had these tele screen things. Mm-hmm. Um, there, it was like a two way television, and they every day they had what was called the two minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they had what's called the two minutes of hate, and they would play this two minutes of hate where they would bring on like a dissenter or something, and mm. um, they would they had like this collect this one guy that was the supposed boogeyman that all these dissenters were like rallying around him. Nobody knows if he's real or if he's fake or mm. if he's just made up by the party, but you had to watch this. Your TV was on all the time and they could or may or may not have been watching you because like I said, it was a two way thing. Right. And if you made any face that looked like maybe you disagreed or were confused by something, you could be disappeared for that. You yeah. could, and it wasn't just they killed you, like made a public thing. You you were wiped clean. They they take you away, whether they kill you or torture you or what. They would erase you from like any records you had of mm-hmm. existing. If there was an article written about you, there was a group of people, which the main character in it worked for, that would go and rewrite news articles to take out the people that supposedly never existed. Right. So not only are we erasing history, but we're erasing the present as it's yeah. – they're, they're constantly erasing the present. And you got the teleprompters that are censoring or watching what you're saying. To, you held up your cell phone there. I mean we – it's a known fact now that your phones listen to you. I mean you can right. say – you think it's only listening when you say, um, hey, Siri or OK Google or something like that. Yep. It just automatically yeah. starts. No, it's listening all the time for you to say that. Then it pops right. on. And we have like Edward Snowden came out, what, five, six years ago saying yeah. the CIA or NSA or whoever has the power to turn your phone on right. or listen to you even when it's off. Yeah. And so we're living in that world. Oh, yeah. I mean, you have these huge data farms, mm-hmm. you know, around the country with security all over the place. You know, and it records. I mean, everything is digital now. Mm-hmm. Everything is online. Everything's computer, and it everything is recorded. Right. You know, I was telling you that it's so cheap now to have data, and have this memory that it only costs the government two cents per person a year to record every phone conversation that they've had. <laughs> Shit. That's it. That's you know? yeah. That's ridiculous. I don't think they're just farming our data. No. Oh, no. I think storing it. They're they're storing it. Yeah. They they probably have algorithms that um look for oh, specific yeah. things that are being said. Yeah. Because you know Google has the algorithms, mm-hmm. you know, they they you know, they know what you're trying to th- think and stuff and they're de- they're using that to develop an AI, 
that can oversee the whole thing. Right. You know, and so it just keeps getting deeper and deeper. Yeah. And like we said, we can we can talk do an entire oh, yeah. probably two or three episodes on that. Um, censoring, though, um, maybe it's not to the point where people are being killed or disappeared for saying the wrong things, unless you're speaking out against the Clintons or something right. like that. Right, yeah. <laughs> but um, um, censoring, you get like social media platforms oh, yeah. that if um, you go against the main narrative, they will e- either a Put up a thing say, that saying red flags is saying this was fact checked and this yep. is wrong, or B they'll just flat out like right. take it off. Take it off. Yeah. They they can um, shadow ban you. I hear of podcasters and stuff. I, people I listen to getting shadow banned where they think mm-hmm. they're posting stuff, but nobody can see it. Wow. They just pretty much wipe your um, audience away. They take away your right. So your we vision. hope you guys can hear this <laughs> yes. <laughs> because it's some good shit. Right. Um, <laughs> And it's not just the stuff you post publicly. Oh, I know. Um, my brother sent me something. I can't even remember what it was, but it was just an article. And he got flagged, and it wouldn't let him send this article because it said it was um, went against Facebook's policies or something like that. And this was in private messenger. Yeah. The thing that you think you, you can say whatever you want back and forth and have this secret conversation, obviously they're watching that too because yeah. he hits send, and all of a sudden it pops up a red flag saying you can't send this. Yeah. Well, and, you know, like you said, it's not just the stuff you send. I mean, we know that the, you know, government can monitor your finances, mm-hmm. you know, the they can monitor your your water usage, your electricity usage, you mm-hmm. know, who you're calling, who you're getting mail from. Um, they can monitor um, your medical records, your education records. Right. Um, they can, you know, I mean, you go into some of those sites. What's the, is it Spokio? That, um, I mean, it has every address you've ever had. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, I mean, pl- things, places I lived when I was 12, you know? And so all that stuff is being kept track of, you know? Big your, brother is always watching. Exactly. Your loyalty cards that you have places, they track your purchases. Mm-hmm. I mean, all that. So, I mean, it would take just the person who wants to use it. Right. To implement that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Use it against you, I'm sure, if... If they wanted to charge you with something that that um, maybe you didn't do, or right. you know, in the future, maybe these laws come down where they they want to charge you for being a dissenter or something right. like that, going against the grain. Yeah, um, they have all this information backed up that they can be like, well, here you searched this out, here you said this, right. and yeah. here and build a case on you based on stuff that you think is private. Well, and what can they put in your search history as well? Exactly. You know, if you decide to. Say you want to go for office sometime or something, mm. you know, and it's like, you know, well, you did say this in a in a social media post, right? You know, and you see that stuff being pulled up all the time. It's like, you know, all of a sudden all this garbage starts coming out on you. It's like stuff that may not even actually have been there, and you know. Yeah, how do you, how do you prove it didn't? Exactly. Right. Yeah. And that's like back to the in the book where um, they're changing the articles kind of day by day. They're constantly mm-hmm. changing things. How do we know? Because news primarily is online right now. And there's how many times have you gone back to find something that you read and can't find it anymore? Like who What's to say they're not just erasing stuff or changing uh, quotes and stuff like that in the article? I mean, I wouldn't put it against them. I mean, right. Well, as as schools go more and more to using, you know, um, um iPads, you know, for schooling and stuff right. instead of actual books, you know, they go more to digital books and stuff, you know, 
who knows what information is not being put in there. And I had looked up, I was trying to maybe look up any stories where the news had kind of went back and changed things. And of course you can't find it, but I did find an article that was talking about um, the problem, how it's problematic of all news being online now because these news sources aren't archiving their stuff. There, there, there are no archives that they have locally. Mm -hmm. Like before they would archive their articles for years or however many years. But now, um, they said they interviewed like probably 50 different news companies or something. And the majority of them had no personal archiving. They depended on like Google and stuff like that right. to back back Absolutely. them up. And like Google Drive to archive their stuff. And yeah, it's and, just like... And Google is totally reliable. Oh, of course. So without having this hard archive now, I mean, y- you could change, you could change anything. I mean, there's a reason why the Nazis burned the books first. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like control of information. Right. Like you said. Yeah, and so now if, say, a politician says something and it's quoted, but then a few years later changes his mind on something, you go back and look for that quote. Who it's knows? Gone, you right. you might not be able to find that, and yeah. that's what, what's going on in this book. Like uh, one of the the main examples they showed was like the prior year, they had like chocolate rations. They had like different food rations and cigarette rations, and mm-hmm. one was the chocolate ration, and – the year before, he had the side-by-side articles because he was the one that had to correct it. It was like, the year before, it's like, because of such and such, because we're doing so well in the war or something, we're going to up your chocolate ration from 20 to 25 grams a day or a week or whatever. Yeah. Well, then the next year, um, they wanted they didn't want to increase it much more, so he went back and... And change the article from 25 to 30 grams. So mm. they're like, well, last year we bumped you up to 30 grams. This year we're bumping you up to like 31 or something. Yeah. Like, but really, last year they got bumped up to 25, but nobody knows because you go back and look and they, it's they, changed, they changed the history already. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's, it's bizarre. It's a, it's a rabbit hole. I, I don't even like to think about it, but all the rest of a lot of this stuff is actually true now. Um, like the Big Brother stuff, like mm-hmm. the the following you around, but thinking that they would actually change history, nobody wants to think about that. Oh but. yeah, right. That that's preposterous, you know. Right. Yeah, but you know, yet it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody. You know, as presidents, you know, go and it's years after they've served. You know, history always looks back at them as favorable, right? Mm-hmm. They always. You know, the reporters will always change things, you know, um, you know, especially after the president dies or whatever. You right. know, it's like they always when well, when President Bush died, the, the senior guy, one of your favorite mm-hmm. people. Oh, yes. Absolutely. You know, they tried to make him out as a saint, you know. Yeah, he was one of the best presidents of all time. Right. And ne- never did anything wrong. Didn't right. go into unjustified wars. Nothing right. like that. Exactly. Obviously. Nothing Sarcasm. like his son. Uh, yeah. Um. Where was I going with that? And Carter is still alive, and uh, they're trying to make him look like one of the best presidents all the t- of all time. Oh, yeah. You know? And look at all the mess he had under his presidency. Yeah, but he never brought us to war. So no. when you're in the state of war, you can look right. back at He, he just Carter. let Iran take hostages and didn't exactly. do jack about it. Yep. So, yeah, you're talking about, like, changing people's perspectives and changing their minds and stuff. It's just bizarre. Like, um... 
I I heard a guy talking today on the Joe Rogan show. Um, trying to think what is it? it was something Weinstein. It wasn't Harvey. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> but um, he was talking about the Democratic Party and um, how they have, and it's kind of along these same lines. He basically said during the Clinton era, the Democratic Party shifted to more like the Republican Party. Like it used mm-hmm. to be. And suppose this is how it supposedly was. Was the Republican Party was had like the the business constituents and stuff like that, and like big right. corporations. And the Democratic Party was more like in direct line with the people. But then in the Clinton era, it merged to being mm-hmm. more like the Republican Party, having constituents and big payouts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so basically, what he was saying is like um, the Democratic Party is not what we thought of them. They just evolved over time and this is what we have now well yeah they they had to i mean clinton lost the uh the midterm elections he lost the the senate Mm -hmm. and uh i mean he couldn't have worked with them they wouldn't have done anything with them yep so back to george orwell in 1984 um so it gets to where um, he is just ready to like kind of push away from this, and I mean he he kind of jumps into this uh, alliance with some uh, some other people who are working behind the scenes, and they're in like high high priority places and stuff like that. But um, basically, you you pretty much had to. They were kind of hoping for the alliance with the proles, like we we said they right. They said if we could get the proles on board, basically we can win this. But right. as we were saying, like these people are, are they, brainwashed. They, they brainwashed. They don't care. They're just mm-hmm. they got the food they need. They are actually being able to have like sex and stuff like that, which wasn't really allowed except for procreation and mm-hmm. up in the parties. They're getting to. Um, they don't even speak the the new speak language. They just they're just on their own pretty much. And right. but. Whoever they support basically has the power because, like I said, it's 85% of them. Right. They're so brainwashed that, I mean, how do you get somebody like that on your side? And right. look at today. I mean, <laughs> right. the majority of this country is completely uh, brainwashed. How many senators have we had in office that have been there for 30, 40 years, you know, that do the same bullshit stuff? Mm-hmm. And people what congress has what like a 15 percent approval rating but the re-election rate's like 80 percent you know it's like <laughs> insane yeah right yeah oh i remember what i was going to say about you were talking about the winners basically rewriting history mm-hmm. was back in the soviet era we talked about 66 million people getting killed during like the bolshevik revolution right you look at like they they took over Poland and Ukraine and just slaughtered people there. The people that weren't slaughtered basically starved, as we said. Yeah. Well, when um, Germany, Nazi Germany, invaded Poland and invaded Ukraine, I'm pretty sure, at some point, too, they just found mass graves, just millions of people yeah. in mass graves, all shot in the back of the head, just lined oh, up yeah. and shot in the back of the head. Well, because the Nazis didn't win... Um, the Russians were on the side of the Allies at the time. It was all thrown at, oh, this was the atrocities oh, yeah. of the Nazis, even though it happened right. years before 
yeah. the Nazis even invaded. Yeah. So, yeah, they're on the winning side at the point, so they, they got to rewrite the narrative, and mm-hmm. now the Nazis are that much bigger monsters because they killed all these Poles and they killed mm-hmm. all the Ukrainians. One of the, the popular, you know, arguments you see nowadays is, you know, how religion has killed more people than anything else mm-hmm. in the world. But it's like, okay, have you looked into Stalin? Have you looked into right. Mao? Have you looked into Pol Pot? Have you looked into Che Guerrero and Fidel Castro? It's mm-hmm. like, you know, can you, do you really want to compare communism? Right. <laughs> you know, it's like. Right. <laughs> just to the atrocities are just kind of glazed over, even right. though we have the communist scare now. Right. But it, again, it goes back to the rewriting of history. You know mm-hmm. how, I mean, Che Guerrero is a huge hero to yeah. people oh, on yeah. the left. You oh, know, yeah. But how many actually know what he did? Right. You know, well, we talked about last week, even, um, Rage Against the Machine, they mm-hmm. have his his image as one of their, their album arts. He's yeah. like he's just this like idolized figure and yeah. they don't have a clue what it is. Yeah. And he was he was extremely racist and he mm-hmm. killed homosexuals, you know, it had him executed because, you know, again, that was something that was against the party. Same in like Venezuela and like Yeah. Any any other any communist state basically was kind of against homosexuals. Yeah. And yet some reason we we glorify these people now as being right. for the people yeah right and again they're they're useful as a tool mm-hmm. and but then once they're not useful anymore they're cast aside right so so um we had a few quotes that seem to uh really line up with what's going on yeah oh um i i liked the con or didn't like it <laughs> but um the concept of this um, where people would have like these – this thought that was considered like negative to the party. Mm-hmm. And so they, they caused themselves – oh, here it is. So the mind should develop a blind spot wherever, whenever a dangerous thought presents itself. The process should be automatic. Instructing uh, the stop, they called it newspeak. So, oh, so they called it crime stop when you have that. You, you force yourself to stop thinking something mm-hmm. or stop having that facial right. response or yes. stop. Yeah. Because like I said, they were watching everything. So mm-hmm. it wasn't even just what you said. They couldn't read your thoughts, but they could see expressions on your face. If you weren't during the two minutes of hate, if mm-hmm. you weren't like chanting, like um, down with them, down with right. the centers or whatever, they, they were all yelling the same thing, making yeah. the same like hand motions and stuff. If you weren't one of those, or if you for a second looked like, you questioned it, yeah. then they called them the thought police. And that's, mm-hmm. that, that's a term that's used nowadays yeah. is the thought police. But back then it wasn't even just like the police. It was yeah. it was like kids were raised to spy on their parents right. and to like let people know if their parents were doing something that was weird. Your neighbors, yeah. you didn't know if your neighbors were going to rat you out because for the good of the party was yeah. the whole thing. Like um, the, the scariest people were like – the the kids because you didn't know how their parents or how the school was teaching them and Mm -hmm. if they were going to turn you in and stuff like that. And so the thought police wasn't just like this force, this armed force. It was like anybody around you was the thought police. Yeah. Well, and you, you notice now, you know, when you go in and I, I don't know if you, but I know when I go in for like a physical or Mm -hmm. something, you know, they'll ask, you know, you smoke, you drink, you have any guns in the house, you know, stuff like that. It's like, you know, what's your, 
you know, yeah, um, do you have a healthy sex life? You know, right. it's like, oh, have you had sex with anybody besides your spouse? You know, I mean, so it's like they really dig in and it's like right. all that goes on your medical record. Right. You know, and they can use that oh, against you at any point. If you're arrested, they can pull up your medical history and be like, well, this guy, this guy's clearly insane because he has like eight guns. Right. And yeah. Um, yeah. Which goes, you know, uh, again, that they dictate then at that point. So say, you know, you have some guns. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're a veteran. They create a narrative about you. Right, right. It's like, oh, this guy has PTSD. Right. You know, he, he's clearly crazy. He can't have guns. Right. You know, so. So it's profiling you in the creating the narrative that they need to get you to do whatever they need you to do. Right. Um, here's one quote. It says, power is tearing human minds to pieces and putting them together again in new shapes of your own choosing. So it's it's. Tearing you down and building mm-hmm. you back up into whatever they want, they you, want to you to be. And, I mean, yeah. that doesn't happen ever here. No, no universities. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> like, destroying your your own beliefs and morals yeah. that you were raised on and then brainwashing you into whatever these universities deem as appropriate, as appropriate yeah. at the time. And a lot of them are hard liberal schools yeah. or even borderline socialist communist teachings and stuff oh, yeah. like that. I mean, you see, you know, teachers getting kicked out all the time, you know, like, well, there was just one, I think in Boston that said all lives matter and got kicked out. Right. You know, and that's all she said, all lives matter, you yeah. know, you know, and then you see they, they don't allow certain speakers to come in and talk. It's like, you know, so they're, they're limiting the flow of information, you know? Well, the, the guy that was talking to Joe Rogan, I told you about, mm-hmm. maybe it was, maybe it was Brett. Weinstein, okay. something like that. Well, he was the guy in Oregon, I think, that when they had, this was a couple of years ago, um, the college used to have a day where all the minorities would stay home to show, like, you can't really, how how difficult it would be, like, how involved the minorities are, so you kind of have more appreciation for minorities. Mm-hmm. Well, this was the school that decided that, no, um, all the white people have to stay home yeah, and, or meet up and discuss racism right and the pe- minorities can come to school well this guy was the guy was the the teacher that was like i'm not going to make you do that he's like i'm not going to enforce that at all and so his life was threatened he had to mm-hmm. um i think he had to have like police escort and stuff like that he, even mm-hmm. the campus police were like there's nothing we can do to help you because yeah. they were on the side with the school yeah and so this guy just recently was on joe rogan I was like, look, I told you if you guys let this keep going, it's going to get beyond right. the schools. It's no longer the Occupy movement you saw on the West Coast schools. Mm-hmm. He's, he's calling this like Occupy 2.0, where it's just expanded reach. He's like, I predicted this then, and it's come true now. Yeah. yeah. And right. and he pretty much said, and Joe Rogan's like, well, well, how how do we stop this? And he's like, well, my prediction is, you you can stop it, but you have to have the leadership, and we don't have leadership. He's like, right. you you don't stop it. It's it's yeah. gonna lead to a civil war. Is pretty much what he yeah. said. Well, and I I had just read an article earlier that talked about how um, uh, they said white actors who want to do auditions using songs from Hamilton mm-hmm. need to stop. What? Yeah, because those songs are not for you. That, and I'm sure. <laughs> He would have agreed that I, we only want a fraction of the um, p- 
population to hear this music or sing this music. No. Yeah. Right. It it makes no sense. Um. Anything else we want to cover on this? I I I think everybody should. I'm not going to say everyone needs to read or should be forced to like we saw in that yeah. community episode. Everyone <laughs> should read it just to kind of get an idea of what was going on. What seventy one years ago? Yeah. Yeah. And right. see how I mean, it's uh, coming true, or it's been coming true almost since then. Yeah, a couple things I just want to touch on real quick is, um, this is from the book they thought they were free. This is about from the German about the Germans in, in World War Two. Okay, and it says the separation of government from people. This widening gap took place so gradually and so insensibly, each step disguised, perhaps not even intentionally as a temporary emergency measure or associate it with true patriotic allegiance or with real social purpose. And uh, says these crises and reforms so occupied the people that they did not see the slow motion underneath of the whole process of government growing remoter and remoter from them. I mean, that's obviously true of today. Yeah. Like we don't, and I, I think it's become more, since the 90s like in the 90s there was a lot of like like kind of uprising and stuff like that as we could see things changing mm -hmm. and people would get a little upset about it like we talked about last week with ruby ridge where they wanted to crack down on homeschooling so right weaver decided to just move to a remote place because he could see that stuff happening yeah well i think almost since the mid 90s probably till now it they slowed Put some brakes on it and just kind of slowly. It's like the putting the frog in the pan of water to right. boil. Yeah. All oh, right. Right. Like if you drop it in a boiling pot, it's gonna jump out. Right. But if you just turn turn the, the water gradually on up. gradually, it'll just boil itself alive because it doesn't notice right. that the world's going to shit around. It. Right. And well, and you and I talked about the the whole, you know, Coca Cola classic and the new normal thing. You know, and um, this is you know the we're i think we're one crisis away from from going to 1984 mm -hmm. you know quality i mean we 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 felt it with the masks you right. know with the the pandemic you know and now we have the protest and it's like you know we're we're waiting for the shoe to drop right you know it just depends on who who's in charge you know who wants to push that button and like we said it's not going to be those people that are causing the disruption that take that throne of power. Right. No, there's going to be this void yeah. that needs to be filled. And I feel like there's so much more to talk about, even just in this book or in the the Soviet background or any of this other stuff we brought up. But we have so little time. Yeah, I know. I know. And I like know. we're pushing the line every week. And I'd, I'd love to, like I said, do more. Yeah. And maybe we'll dig back into this, do like another episode, like maybe revisiting this but yeah. i think we're gonna leave it at that and yeah um, just one final thing is um a quote from romney manuel who is uh obama's chief who mm -hmm. said never let a good crisis go to waste right and that happens all the time like no. there's always the higher agenda taking advantage of like a black right. lives matter movement or a, a, a person getting murdered by police officers it's right. happening almost daily now right but on that note, let's um, get into our good favorite section. Do you feel like a patriot when you hear this music? I do. I feel like I need to march around. 
I do too. Yeah. I don't think we have enough room in here to march around. We're going to have to make it happen. Yes. I feel so patriotic though. Just in time for our segment, the Party Line Patriots. Again, this is the segment. It's one of my favorite segments just because we get to put on full display the stupidity of people who um, tote their party lines. Yes, they they hold it as a badge of honor. They're, that, they're full of righteousness right in your face. Mm-hmm. And um, it doesn't matter which side it is. They, they all have their yeah. own um, stupidity that they spit. And if you don't agree with that and you don't agree with their party, whether they have a good argument or not, you're a fucking idiot. And if, a lot of these actually specifically say you're a fucking idiot if you yeah, don't agree right. with me. Absolutely, yeah. So this first one, this one might get your blood <laughs> a-boiling. Yep. This one says, watching Star Wars, like, I agree with the Rebellion until they got violent and vandalized the Death Star. That's, <laughs> that's total bullshit. <laughs> so... Yes, because, you know, the American government um, blew up pre- uh, planets and wiped out a Jedi order. And <laughs> the way I see this is because people say, well, I agreed with protests until they got violence. Right. I know where they're going the, with it. Yes. The difference is the rebellion, the rebels didn't live on the Death Star and right. depend on the Death Star. Yeah. For their economy. Well, yeah. And, and it's not like the rebels are destroying, you know. It's not like they're going to the penthouse or the penthouse. <laughs> Wrong Where are thought you there. <laughs> it's not like they're going to the Pentagon yeah, and protesting, that's what I'm saying. you know, or or the White House. You know, I mean, some did, but yeah, they're going they're not, into their neighborhoods and they're tearing things up. So. They're not vandalizing what they consider their enemy. They're vandalizing their own. Yes. Stuff. Yes. And, and and where were they when why weren't they yelling Jedi lives matter <laughs> when exactly. they were getting wiped out? Exactly. No one cared. So this next one here. Says, to be clear, Antifa is not an organization. We talked kind of about this one. It is short for anti-fascism. Do you like Nazis? <laughs> Do you want to live in Nazi Germany? No? Welcome to Antifa, dumbass. I love that. So vindictive and so, yes. like, exactly what we were talking about. Like, well, if if you don't support antifa you must be a nazi and want to live in nazi germany and you're basically the reincarnation of hitler yeah right yeah but um why why don't you just turn on the showers because that's obviously what you agree with (laughs) exactly oh man it's so so stupid here's another one who says here's the truth trump's supporters don't measure for his success by what he is for them they measure by what he does against people ppl People, people that don't that they don't like. That's why they see him as being successful. This is why they will never abandon him. He his tormenting of the others, quote unquote, it says, sustains them. Wow. So basically, Trump supporters don't care what good stuff he does. They just care about that he does bad shit to the people they don't right. like. Yeah. Right. So we're all racist. Well, yes. Not us. We're not right. Trump supporters. Yes. But all Trump supporters are racist. Yes. All Trump supporters. Um just want to see Donald Trump hate other people that they hate. Yes. And so that's why he's successful. Yeah, because Donald Trump has done so much, so much to the the people that, you know, the white supremacist hate, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's let's count all the numerous things he's done, you know, um, you know, released thousands uh based on um 
the first step law that he signed, you know, that Kim K supported, mentioned yep. her again. Yep. You, I, you I get a cutback every time. You are a Kim Kardashian fan and supporter. I'm going to get a Kim K t-shirt. Uh, you should. You should. Yeah, like you're saying, he did his crime reform or yeah, like just prison reform. Um, has done more than... Pre- yeah, got unemployment for, you know, minorities down to 3%, I think, mm-hmm. you know, before the whole epidemic thing. Right. You know, so yes, he's done more for African Americans than President Obama did, and but he's so hateful. Yep, exactly. Then this is the final one. This is from a right winger. Says, "Remember the brats who used to have tantrums in the store? Well, they are older now. The majority are laying on their face with their hands behind their backs, much too organized to be protesters. That is choreographed and staged. This is all run-on sentence. Apparently, we don't know how to use punctuation. It's a choreographed." Choreographed and staged, which means they were paid to be there. Also, if you look closely, the saying laying in the right lower corner isn't even a body. I don't even know what that means. But basically it's saying um, these are just the brats that threw tantrums in stores. (laughs) But then it's also saying they're too organized to be protests. Right, yeah. right. They're contradicting themselves. And they might not even be real bodies. (laughs) So this guy is all over the place. Right. (laughs) Uh, Remember the people that threw tantrum in stores? Here they are throwing a tantrum. Yet, they're not protesting. They're organized. Yet, they were paid to be here. (laughs) Yeah. Yet, they might not even be real bodies. Like, please, pick a lane, dude. Yeah. I I threw tantrums in stores, okay? And I did not do that. Right. (laughs) And this is, to me, this is the most... Peaceful protesting that right. I've seen yeah. out of all of this. So to be picking on the ones that are actually choosing to do pre- peaceful it, it protesting. It is until someone drives down that road. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Then that would be a little unpeaceful. But um, um, I saw another one that said, you remember in 1989 where they stopped letting your parents beat your ass? Oh my um, it's yes, like these I've are the kids that, that grew up from that. Yeah. The funny thing is the guy that posted it was younger than – he's like a year younger than me. And yeah. so I responded to him. I was like – you were from that generation. He's like, well, yeah, but uh, I got my ass beat and blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, but you're just lumping an entire generation together yeah, right. that you're a part of. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm like, stop being a fucking idiot and yeah. stop stop sharing this stuff when, when you are lumping yourself in that yeah. indirectly. I, I'm sure you like that everybody is lumping in the millennials oh, yes. with everything that's going on right now. Yep. It's so, just like you lumping me in with White Claw. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the whole generation. No, no. So, yeah, I, I, we can get into millennials at some other time, but um, I think there's like a division of millennials. Even there was like the early millennials right. and later and, millennials. Yeah, right, yeah. It's not like you're all sucking White Claw from your mother's teeth. <laughs> exactly. Well, I just, well, I maybe find it, I don't know. I find it stupid <laughs> lumping any generations right. together because- um, we all <laughs> come from different places, and yeah. stupid shit like this um, just pisses me off. And this is how we get to where we are with all the division and people restricting what we're thinking, even if they're not, even if they're not like saying you can't say that with with dumb posts like this. They're basically saying you're a fucking idiot for thinking yeah. another way than what I think because I think this way, so that must be right. Right. Yeah. I. You know, it, I like some memes because they're hilarious as fuck. Yeah. But then you got these people, these meme warriors. It's like they don't have an argument. They just post the shit up and expect nobody to say anything mm-hmm. or to just agree. And you then know? when people disagree with them, I'm like, oh, my God, you're a Nazi. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I actually I met with the guy. 
uh, this last week, a buddy of mine who um, was visiting from Thailand, and he said that, well, he reached out to me because he saw some of my posts, and he didn't agree with them. He wanted mm-hmm. to know where he's coming from. And so he reached out, wanted to know if I wanted to get some coffee and talk about stuff. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, sure, that sounds great. And uh, it was a good conversation. I mean, we didn't agree on a lot, but it was a good conversation. I mean, that's what we're promoting here, conversation. And he said he'd reached out to a number of different people on both sides. And um, me and one other guy who has more right than I am are the only ones that responded and wanted to actually meet with him. Everybody else just ignored him. Really? Yeah. Well, that's what we talked about What in the first episode is people – just want to glom onto people that agree with them and yeah. kind of reinforce their beliefs. Right. It's not making you stronger in your beliefs. It's just make reinforcing. Right. They want to live in a bubble. Right. And so it's, and I appreciated the conversation. It gave me a lot to think about and sure. I hope I gave him stuff to think about and, but it was healthy, you know? Yeah. And, and that's how it should be. It's how it should be. And that's what we promote here. Fruit, uh, healthy conversation Free thought, like think for yourself, people. Yeah, I mean, you got to get your information somewhere, but don't just continually go to Fox News or Breitbart or CNN and get your information. Get a healthy dose of both sides and make a thought for yourself. Right. Or just don't just don't get your news from from memes. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) On that note, we are over our time limit that we set for ourselves, which we always go over, but that's okay. I wish we could have dug in a little more. Yeah, I, we always get to that point. But I, I felt like we, we did really good digging in this time. So. I do too. So um, we're going to let you go on that. Definitely, like I said, um, go to all our social medias. Um, share it around. Try to build this up. Um, get other people listening. If you enjoy it, somebody else might enjoy it too. Um, so share it around, and maybe we can get bigger and better things going in the future. So we're going to leave you with that. Um, definitely come back next week. Check back. You're going on vacation, but we're still yeah. gonna make this happen. Somehow. Yes, I, I will. I will be broadcasting live from the beach. So. <laughs> oh my gosh, I will be so jealous. <laughs> so come back to see Bill and his glory on the beach um, next week, same time, and then we will catch you next week. Do not stop the conversation and do not stop talking. Any final thoughts? You covered it all. All right. See you next week. See ya.